welcome to or welcome back to the vibe hive it's me cheyenne and in today's episode we're going to be talking about mental health in the black community now that's a huge umbrella term for everything i'm going to talk about in today's episode so make sure you strapped in buckle in and just be ready for this episode because we got a lot to talk about um just a quick little trigger warning i guess i will be talking about drugs and alcohol and all that stuff in this episode so if that's triggering for you or if that like makes you feel some type of way um this is i'm just letting y'all know now what's going on so um yeah (laughs) um what i do want to say before getting into this episode because i'm trying to make this intro quick because i will talk about a lot in this um i just want to say thank y'all so much for all the love that i got on my last episode which was my first episode life after high school if you didn't check it out it'll be greatly appreciated if you did but if you did thank you so much I appreciate it. All the love and support that I got really, really means a lot to me. It really pushed me to um, release the episode. Because at first, I didn't even want to release it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> didn't even want to release it. But I just want to say thank y'all so much for this little community that we built already. Like, oh my goodness. I was seeing everybody watching it. Not watching. I was seeing everybody listening to it. Y'all was sending me screenshots of y'all listening to it. It was, oh my goodness. It was just so wonderful <laughs> to see that people actually cared about what I was saying. So thank y'all so much. I really appreciate that. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But what I do want to say right now is that this is just the beginning. This is just episode two. I have so much more in the works that I want to do. I want to get into guest interviews. So if you got something going for yourself and you want to be interviewed, let me know. Shoot me a DM. Like I said, I'm going to push the Instagrams. I'm going to push the socials at the end because it's a little bit too pushy to to do it right now but yeah if you're interested in guest interviews let me know you want to be on here you want to be featured just come let me know um I definitely want to have people featured on here to come and talk about certain topics that I will discuss because I feel like it's good to have multiple outlooks and multiple perspectives on certain things so yeah if you're interested in that let me know I'm definitely gonna get that started and um yeah like I said in the last podcast you got anything you want me to promote let me know the vibe hive is only up from here the hive is only gonna get bigger and busier like <laughs> come on now but yeah if y'all are interested in any of that please let me know because it's in the works it's in the making i already i already got things planned out come on now you know me but um yeah thank you all for all the love and support thank you for everything and let's get into today's episode mental health in the black community so diving into this first segment i kind of want to talk about my mental health background I guess in my mental health experience in the black community and trying to seek help and how that was kind of like a challenge to do so so um yeah I'm gonna say it was around like the middle of seventh grade nearing eighth grade where I realized like hey my mental health probably isn't the best right now and yes at those ages how old was I in seventh grade seventh eighth like 13 12 I don't know but that was such a long time ago anyway but in those ages you don't realize that your entire body is changing including your mind so yes your brain is producing all these new cells and your body is going through all these new changes but me being 12 I'm not thinking oh my body is going through a biological process I'm thinking why am I sad when I first woke up like (laughs) what's going on like I went from being perfect like in this and I'm not saying like oh I just went off the grid I just went I just went insane. No, I'm not saying that. But it definitely was like, hmm, I went from having really, really, really good days. And now 
all of a sudden for the first time I'm feeling like immense like I'm feeling really intense immense emotions so it's just like hmm what's going on and this happened probably from middle of seventh grade to like middle of eighth grade but at the middle of eighth grade is when I noticed that it it started taking over just little everyday tasks that I do and I was like yeah okay it's definitely like a problem or it's definitely something I need to work on or reach out or talk to somebody about because it's affecting my day-to-day like I started and I never told nobody this but my grades started slipping and this is eighth grade like this is still eighth grade this isn't even high school yet so it's like my grades started slipping I stopped talking to people a lot more I stopped talking to my parents more I became really just like closed off with a lot of things and I feel like a lot of other people in eighth grade also felt the same way (laughs) I think that's just like a universal experience when you're going through these new stages and changes in life but anyway I remember I remember one day I came home from school and I was just in my room and I'm just like bro why do I feel like this and I just remember crying like just crying and I don't even remember why it just be like that sometimes sometimes you just be crying for no reason I know I do so I was just sitting there and I was just crying and I'm like you know let me text a friend let me let me just open up so this is like my first time opening up and trying to explain my feelings or trying to just find some sense of comfort with how I'm feeling for the first time and I was talking to a friend and I remember them saying oh well did you pray about it did you like go to church and I was just like "Mm, no like (laughs) no like and I'm not here to bash a religion or anything but religion and God in the black community dealing with mental health is definitely not a good combination and I'm not saying that this friend was wrong for telling me that because maybe that's just how they grew up maybe in their family the way that mental health was treated was to just go to church and to just pray and to just read the bible and stuff which is nothing nothing wrong with that but um it does come to a certain point where that's not the solution for everything going on with you sometimes there are other means of reaching out and getting help besides religion so going off of that I remember this person telling me that and I was just like how do I respond to it I'm like how do I even like I just sit up here and express all my emotions to you you told me to just go to church and that's that's just on the micro side of how black people attack mental health with religion because this is just another another 12 year old that I know telling me this another 13 year old I know telling me this but I've heard and seen grown adults screaming yelling at children who come and tell them like hey I'm kind of depressed or hey I'm not really feeling it. I want to get some help and they're like oh no it's nothing wrong with you you just need to go to church you just need to pray there's nothing wrong with you God gonna fix all your problems and it's just like <sighs> you're not listening it's like y'all aren't listening and like I said I feel like definitely a combination of if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to practice, a combination of church and a combination of prayer or worship with a combination of getting the right mental health, whether that be counseling, therapy, medication, which I'm not really too fond of, but you know, some people are. I feel like a combination of those two are amazing. And I think in the black community, I, I feel like this is for like older black people though. Like I feel like in the black community though, People can't understand that religion and mental health can go hand in hand and they're not 
competitors. Like, just because a person wants to go get therapy does not mean that they don't think God is doing enough for them or they don't think that their prayer is working. Like, that's not the case. It's just some things need to be treated differently than something else. And I feel like that's a reason why a lot of people in the black community don't speak up when they are having mental health problems or they are struggling with it because they know that all they're going to be told is, oh, you need to just go to church, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then they're going to get ridiculed because they're going to be like, oh, God isn't doing enough for you, blah, 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 what's wrong with you, this, 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 just pray it all away. And that's just not how it necessarily works. So let's fast forward a little bit. So this was eighth grade. This was what I got told in eighth grade. So let's fast forward to, let's say, I'm going to say like mid-freshman year, yeah, mid-freshman year. So freshman year comes, blah, 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 everything's new. And sure, I wasn't feeling super duper depressed. I wasn't very upset or sad or anxious. The days were getting better because, you know, a new change of environment. You know, I'm so excited about freshman year. Ooh, high school, meeting new people, going to my classes, blah, 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 going to clubs and sports and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, obviously there were things that kept my mind stimulated and kept my mind kind of distracted from um, how I was feeling, which contributed to the issue, but I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah. Anyway, so it was around mid-freshman year, those feelings from eighth grade started coming back again, you know, just those random waves of emotions, and I didn't understand why, and blah, 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 and I remember that I was talking to another friend, (laughs) so another friend comes into the picture, and I was kind of just expressing, you know, how I feel, just opening up, you know, trying to get a healthy little vent session here, and I got told, no, no, no. Wait, I was having a event session and I remember saying, I think I might want to go to therapy or I think I want to like get help or counseling. And I remember this friend saying, only white people do that. Dog, what are you talking? <laughs> like, what are you talking? I got so fed up to the point where I think either I blocked this person or I didn't talk to this person for like two weeks because it's just like. What? Like white people aren't the only people who deserve to get treated for their mental health and mental health does not just affect white people like what and I've heard that I have heard this statement so many times oh therapy is for white people only white people go get counseling only white people go to couples therapy only white people go to family counseling only white only white people and it's just like one that's not true White people are not the only people who go get therapy, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, you see that publicized a lot more because white people fit the mold of therapy. But we're not going to talk about that. <sighs> but white people essentially are not the only people who are going to get help. And I feel like that idea that only white people deserve to get treated for their mental health is just dumb. Because mm, I was going to just make a very, I was about to make a very generalized statement and I don't think I'm going to make it anymore. But let's just say, if anything, black and brown and other minorities need mental health. Mental health help. That's what I was trying to say. They need mental health help much more than the average white community. So it's like, why aren't we taking the steps to do so? And sure, yes, money can be a very, very, very big factor in that. But I know that there are online, there are free online resources that can help you out. Um, at the time, I don't think it was though. But I'm just saying, like in general, 
it's like free online sources that can help you out you can do your own research or try to get your own help and then even if you do reach out it's like insurances and everything that like pays for it off they have free counseling in some places so it's just like it's all about just the resources and reaching out and trying to actively find that help but how can you find that help if you as a let's say you as a depressed person you as an anxious person you're trying to find this help on top of the fact of what you're already feeling and it just seems like you're getting nowhere and then right in your ear you're having somebody say oh counseling is white people stuff counseling is this counseling is that therapy is for white people medication is for white people there's nothing really wrong with you and that's very detrimental like and i just really don't understand the case that i don't i just don't understand why this is like this i don't understand why people think this so now let's just fast forward a little bit more let's fast forward junior year like right before covid so like let's say what was that like march yeah like around march so around march and around junior year especially during this time i can say that i was the most depressed <laughs> i was the most depressed i ever was i have never I've never been back to that stage of my life. I don't want to go back to that stage of my life because that was a really, really, really bad stage. Anybody who knew me really close junior year knew that I was suffering. I was really going through it and I was still trying to push through it. And it was it was just very hard all around. But it was around March that I finally started going to counseling. I finally went to therapy. I found something myself. I found it for a decent price and I decided to take the initiative and just go myself, get it all set up. And I did it because it comes to a certain point where you have to take control of your own mental health, regardless of the people around you and regardless of the limiting factors that may um, deter you from getting that help. So after a long time of contemplating, I finally went and I, and I thought to myself, why is this labeled as a bad thing? Why is this labeled as something that's bad? It's something that's so taboo in the black community. Because I can honestly say that me going to counseling, me going to therapy and stuff and getting just help and understanding myself and understanding the world around me a lot more. It really helped me realign myself and it helped it helped me in my mental journey. That's not to say that therapy is an end-all be-all cure and that's not to say that if you go to therapy you will be okay because it does take a lot of personal work a lot of personal strength and a lot of motivation and drive to try to constantly get better when it feels like you're not but in the long run it's all worth it so you can't just go in there expecting that a lady or a man sitting there talking to you is going to help because you have to also put the work in yourself but anyway finally went to that and I would strongly suggest it if any, if you're thinking about trying to go to therapy or getting counseling or getting help, do it as soon as possible because it's one of the best things that you can do. But anyway, went to that. I did that for probably about like, like a year, like roughly a year I was going and I don't go anymore because I feel like I don't need it anymore. And that's how counseling and stuff should work. And yes, the issue within that as well, which I can understand why black people don't go to therapy is because they, it, there aren't enough black therapists there aren't enough black counselors and it can be kind of hard for a person to relate to you if they can't relate to your independent struggles i.e being black <laughs> so 
that can be kind of hard. That can be kind of challenging to find the right person, to find the right counselor or therapist for you. But once you go and do it, it's 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 worth it's worth it all. So I'm saying all that to say that no matter what, it is important for you to take charge of your mental health and it's important for you to just do the small things to help out regardless of what someone tells you regardless of if it's white people stuff if it doesn't work if it's this if it's that or if you should pray about it regardless of all of that it's important especially black youth it's important for black youth to get that mental health because those traits and those habits and those thoughts and those emotions they carry on into adulthood and when they carry on into adulthood it's much harder and it's much worse to try to fix it than to do it when it's early than to just get it done not get it done but then to just try to start it or try to tackle it or try to just go on this mental health journey when you're young because when you're an adult now you got to worry about how are you because most counseling and stuff is free or half price or like reduced with insurance and stuff to um people under 18 so it's like once you become an adult you got to pay for it full you got to figure out how it's going to fit in your schedule and now these issues and these traumas and this is so deep rooted now because you waited so long to finally talk about them <laughs> like but i feel like yeah getting counseling is definitely one of the best things you can do and i understand that's a privilege to say that i went and got it because i mean you do have to pay for it it, it did cost but it's an investment that definitely should be um, taken into consideration and taken serious especially because it's your health it's the same as going to the doctor like the, the physical doctor it's the same as going to the doctor it's the same as getting a checkup I feel like mental health and physical health go hand in hand and you need to take care of both in order to be a good person and in order to just grow as a person so <laughs> yeah that's just a little background on me and my mental health in the black community but now we're going to get into something a little bit deeper than that right now hello hello we are about to get into the next segment soon but this is just the official trigger warning for this segment because i do talk about uh substance abuse such as like alcohol drugs blah 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 i do talk about that and um i don't know if you're gonna notice in the audio or not but there's no background music on this next segment simply because um this segment is kind of a little bit personal to me i've seen and i've heard and i've witnessed a lot of things because of substance abuse and mental health tied together so I kind of wanted to make this part a little bit more serious I didn't want to have the music playing in the background I just want y'all to actually truly listen to this part because I feel like this is the most important part of the episode but yeah okay I'm done talking I'm done butting in let's get into this next segment Mm -mm. all right so getting into this next segment I kind of want to talk about the patterns that I've seen that come with the struggle of mental health in the black community which is substance abuse and just the stress factor of being black I guess so let's get into substance abuse so I know that especially in this generation it's pretty common to smoke and it's pretty common to drink it's pretty it's just common to do drugs in general And I feel like that just comes with the change of the times and just the change of the generation. And it's become, I don't want to say normalized to do drugs, but in a way it's kind of become normalized to just do drugs. Like, and I'm not one to judge. I'm not going to judge nobody for doing drugs. All right. Yeah. But, um, it's just one thing that I really noticed in the black community alongside with mental health. 
And I feel like that's a huge problem that we don't even recognize is an issue in and of itself. You hear people, well, I know I hear people, specifically black people all the time, if they're having any issue or if they or if they was having a bad day, they bro, hand me a blunt. Bro, hand me a bottle. And <laughs> I feel like, sure, if that's the way that you cope with things, go off, I suppose. But it definitely becomes and like a substance abuse issue at a certain point and I can say that from firsthand experience I have seen and heard and witnessed and experienced a lot of things that could have just been solved with just a simple talk just a simple conversation about how a person feels or how they're feeling or what they're struggling with and I feel like it's getting worse the substance abuse in the black community dealing with mental health is getting worse because I just keep seeing it getting younger and younger and younger. It's kids like 13, 12, almost 11 smoking puff bars. And it's just like, what is happening? I'm not here to be like, oh my God, drugs are so bad. Drugs are such a bad thing. I'm not going to sit here and preach about if a person decides to do drugs or not. That's not my place to do so. However, it does become an issue when you're using drugs to cope with mental issues or things that you're battling with. And, you know, it's not just it's not just drug abuse that comes within that, because in the black community, it's so it's so taboo to talk about mental health. And it's so rare for it's so rare to see a black person opening up about their mental issues and what they're going through. So instead of opening up and receiving that possible hate and that possible ridicule and just that possible judging if you want to get help because you'll be seen as weak or you'll be seen as like crazy or either the most common term. Oh, that's that white people stuff. Only white people go to therapy. Only white people do this. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, not only white people deserves help. If anything, black people deserves help the most. And I question all the time, where does that, where did that thought come from? Where is the thought of only white people deserve to get better mentally? Where, like, where did that come from? But anyway, backtrack, backtrack. Um, (laughs) yeah, substance abuse. It's kind of, it's, it's sad, but it's like most of the young black people turn to drugs and alcohol because there's no one else there for them when they do try to reach out for help or if they do feel like they're struggling mentally they get shot down and they don't get the proper help that they need therefore they're turning to these drugs and they're turning to alcohol and it's it's just really messed up I don't I don't know I feel like a lot of people do drugs not because they enjoy it but because they're trying to run away from something and especially in the black community it happens all the time and it doesn't oh and it doesn't help that in major that in our predominantly black communities it's bodegas everywhere go to the bodega get you like bro you can go to a co- you can go to your gas station you can go to your what what, what did i just say bodega <laughs> you can go to your bodega your corner store your gas station whatever and you can literally just pick up anything you need like if you're having a rough day, you're having a bad day, really one of those hard mental days, and you as a black person decide, mm, 
I think I want some Migos. I'm gonna get some Casamigos because I want to go uh, like we want to do all that, and and it doesn't help that the access to those things are so easy. Which that's a whole another topic. That's a whole another topic about gentrification and and purposely placing these things to the black community. But that's a whole another podcast episode. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't help that these um it doesn't help that these substances are so easy to get. And it doesn't help that these substances are so praised to do as well, especially if you're struggling mentally. If you're struggling mentally, you're going to want to do anything you can to get away from how you're feeling. And I feel like in the black community, because you don't have that sense of, oh, it's okay for me to get help or, oh, it's okay for me to go to therapy or go to counseling or, oh, it's okay for me to just simply feel these things because you even get ridiculed for feeling this way in the black community. Of course, you're going to turn to whatever helps you out in that moment. And the fact that it's so easily attainable, the fact you can, the fact that we can get it so easily is what makes it scary. And it just, it's a bad combination. Trust me, I know firsthand how drugs and mental health go hand in hand. I know because I've seen it so many times. And it's just, I know I said that already, but it's just such a crazy thing to think about. And um, also in this segment, what I wanted to talk about is just the simple stress factor of being black. It, <laughs> just the simple stress factor of being black. Me and one of my um, friends, one of my homies, Kobe, shout out Kobe. Um, <laughs> just yesterday, we were in the car and I'm not gonna lie, I was trying to record this episode and it just wasn't working because it was so hard for me to talk about this. And it was just so hard for me to get my ideas out and get my thoughts out because I just, I relate to this topic so much, like just mental health in the black community so much. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I was talking to my homie Kobe and I was just like, man, I don't know what I want to talk about. Like, I know what I want to talk about, but I just don't know how to express it. And he just gave me this, he, me and him just had a whole conversation about just the stresses of being black in and of itself. And what I mean by that is this, no matter where you go, no matter how much money you make, no matter what you do for your community or the people around you, there's always going to be a white person to stare at you. It's always going to be a white person to stare at you. Like, I promise you, just the other day I was downtown at a corner bakery with my parents and I went inside to grab like a bag or something like for our food. And as soon as I walked in, just it was all old white people in there and they just stared me down like and it wasn't just like a oh they're looking at me because I walked in no they were staring me down the whole time like are y'all scared I'm gonna steal something <laughs> like and that's what I'm saying it's like bro we're downtown Chicago right now at a corner bakery why are you being racist like why why is this going on but anyway it's just like I said no matter how much money you make you're always gonna just run into racism and just prejudice no matter what and that's just another level to mental health in the black community because a lot of people don't realize and even us as black people don't realize that we go through so much stress on a day-to-day simply because we're black not even because of our family issues our personal issues um issues we may have like with school or job or just love like whatever all of the other factors that play into mental health is nothing compared to being just black. And that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Like, for example, 
let's just take last year. Last year around this time, prime time BLM when George when the whole George Floyd thing happened. It's just like that was such a hard. Those were like those were probably the hardest months for me and for a lot of other people I know as a black person to just constantly see ourselves getting killed to constantly see our bodies just on the ground in all these videos to see all these um riots and protests and to see all of these other people literally marching for us to get killed like these proud boy riots and stuff like and that's not even the half that's not even a quarter of what black people have to experience that ties into our mental health like I'm not gonna lie that entire like period of time I did not use my phone at all because every time I opened my phone I would just see another black body another black body I see another hashtag and it it messes with your mental health and that's just last year all the other little micro and macro aggressions that us black people experience on a day-to-day contributes to just stress like for example why is it that every time I ride past a cop car or why is it that every time a police car is behind me I'm immediately scared immediately scared I'm immediately fearing for my life like and that's not an exaggeration I promise you like I am always nervous whenever police are around always and yeah haha crack a joke oh my god maybe I've done something illegal <laughs> but no it's just just those little triggers every day it's gonna contribute to your mental health it's gonna contribute to um your mental state it will like it's just sick and that's just one thing like I can keep going I can keep giving off examples of what can contribute to stress as a black person like contributing to stress as a black person can be something as little as um not little but going to a PWI and being around white people like you can just be scared because you may not know, hmm, maybe this white person is race is racist and they want to harm me. Hmm, maybe this white person is da-da-da. Maybe this, maybe that. Why are they looking at me like that? And that can, that's overthinking. That contributes to overthinking, stressing, negative thoughts, negative outlooks. Like, And, and it's sick that, it's sick and sad, <laughs> sick and sad, crying and throwing up right now, that us black people we just have to experience that and we have to go through that and because we go through it so much we think it's normal and it's not normal to constantly be stressed because of because of the fact that we're black it's not okay and yeah that that just all contributes to like I said before the substance abuse that comes into it and just the fact of us being black and then the fact that even within our own community when we want to go get help and we want to reach out it's looked at as it's weak it's looked at as oh you you've given up like oh I've heard multiple times that oh if you go to therapy you gave up if you went to therapy you just weak you can't handle your own problems like those are terms that I hear all the time in the black community whenever anyone tries to um whenever anyone tries to reach out and get help and get better it's always it's just always something that shoots us down regardless whether that be a white person outside of our own race, whether that be um, just like other racial stress factors that contribute to it, or if that's just our own people tearing ourselves down. Every corner we turn, it's just a mental battle. And it's just so sick. It's just, 
good lord but <laughs> we're gonna um we're gonna hop into this next segment i know that it was this segment was kind of like heavy but we're gonna hop into the next section and i want to talk about how i want to talk about black men in mental health because that's that's a whole another topic but we're about to get into that right now so moving right along to this segment i want to talk about black men and their experience in the mental health community or their experience with mental health overall I definitely feel like that needs to be talked about so um yeah it's just black men getting help because when I was writing this script or I was writing like my little outline for this episode I was like you know what while I'm talking about this I need to get some facts to back this up because I know I know for sure that it's some type of statistics or something that proves this point and it definitely did with just one quick Google search, I found that black boys from the age of 5 to 12, they are more likely to die by suicide than any age group in any ethnic group in America. 5 to 12. 5 to, like, I don't, 5 to 12. I don't even remember what I was doing when I was 5. And the fact that these rates of suicide are are peaked at 5 to 12 in black boys what like it's insane but I know why it's like that I know why the rates are like this which is what I'm about to get into right now so it starts from a young age with black men I've seen it in my family I've seen it with um just other people I know you see it on tv sometimes as well like in the media you see it portrayed and it's the fact, and I, I live by this, it's the fact that whenever a black boy cries, it's always somebody that say, stop crying. That's that, I'm not going to curse on this. <laughs> I ain't going to curse on this because my mama listen to this. And I'm not trying to have her fight me. But they always say that that's that girl stuff. They always say, oh, tough enough, man up, when a boy cries. And they constantly say that to these young black boys. They constantly say this to young black men who are just simply expressing valid emotions and when these emotions are expressed it's it's deemed as feminine like feminine is such a bad thing but that's a whole nother topic but it's deemed as feminine it's deemed as weak it's deemed as being a crybaby it's deemed as you're not tough enough you're not man enough blah 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 you get you bro sometimes they even call you gay like (laughs) it's not funny but it's funny to just think that it's funny to think that just basic human emotions can be taken as weak And I'm somebody who struggles with feeling like emotions and crying and vulnerability is weak. And I've gotten my help with that, with my mental journey and stuff. But I feel like it's very detrimental to tell a five-year-old kid who's crying that they should not be crying. They should man up and they should toughen up and they should just stop crying. That's definitely an issue. And I feel like that's where it all starts. Just this common ideology that if young black men express emotion that they're weak and that they can't handle the real world and that they can't and that they're just not tough enough or they're not man enough for some reason that's very detrimental and you can tell that it is based off of the fact that five to twelve year olds in the black community are more likely to die by suicide than anything else it's sick it's sad and that's where it all starts and it's like yes i understand sometimes Sometimes people do just be crying for no reason. Sometimes little kids do cry for no reason. But that's not your job to tell them to stop crying and to ridicule them and to tell them that they're being feminine because they are crying. You, you, 
understand the link here? Like, I don't think it's that hard to comprehend. And then it's like, as these young black men get older, so let's so let's just move out of the five through twelve category. Let's move out of the, oh, um, you're gonna get bullied for crying. Let's move out of that. Let's go to like age fifteen to let's say nineteen. I'm gonna say like fifteen to nineteen. So we've moved past the adolescent stage. Now we're in teenage years where hormones and emotions and everything else is really coming in full force. That depression not I'm not gonna label it as depression but it might be depression that depression and that sadness and stuff that they felt from the age of five to twelve and it was always told for them to never express it to never um talk about it to never try to get help and to just toughen up and man up and keep it all to yourself now since that's been so ingrained in their minds and now since that's been so that's been such a common thing to just not express your emotions or not cry every time they get mad no, every time they get sad or something, now that depression has turned into rage. Now it's turned into anger. And that's why you see so many black boys um, trying, to, trying, to, trying to be in the streets and trying to do drugs and try to, try to be with it all and try to be like, come on now. Like, it'd be kids. It, I'd have seen so many black boys that I didn't grow up around who went from loving two-parent homes to all of a sudden being in gangs boy what are you doing like and I know that other things do contribute to that but I feel like that lack of compassion and lack of emotion definitely contributes to that and it contributes to the male suicide right the male suicide rates as well and it's like you see it all the time even not even just with young black boys but even with older black men you see it all the time instead of you will never see a black man cry, but you'll see a black man throw something. My dad, my dad say this all the time. My mom and my dad say this all the time. My dad is like, you'll never see me crying, but I'll throw some. I'll break some. I'm going to break some. Like, he always say that. <laughs> and yes, it's funny. Yes, that's something we joke about. But that's definitely like an issue within the community that instead of black boys just expressing their emotions validly and just crying sometimes which is okay to cry it's okay to be sad instead of that they're almost pushed and almost encouraged to be rageful to to go out and fight somebody to go out and break some stuff because they're mad to go out and break girls hearts yeah y'all definitely gonna talk about it to break girls hearts and to manipulate people and blah 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 because they're sad and it just shows that from a young age they never had a healthy um what's the word I'm looking for they never had a healthy um bro I for I don't know the word I'm looking for I, it's on the tip of my tongue they never had a healthy like way to express their feelings and stuff as a child so now they're gonna just turn to what is being praised and what is being appreciated in their community which is drugs and which is um rage like I said and like breaking things, just being violent, and it's, it's, it's sad, and it's just messed up that it starts from such a young age, on top of the fact that just being a black teenager, not even just being a black male teenager, because I can't really speak on everything that happens as a young black man, but I just know that as a young black woman, everything that also contributes to your stresses, like I was talking about, um, just the stress factor of being black, everything on top of the fact that they have no true way of expressing themselves. Do you know how sick they gotta be? You know how messed up that is to be to keep all of that inside? 
from you being sad on day to day, you or your or anxiety or you overthinking or this and that on top of the fact that you're black and you got to deal with racist white people you got to deal with not getting shot you got to deal with not getting pulled over you got to deal with not being harassed on the elevator you got to deal with some white lady not accusing you of rape and then you're gone for your entire life in jail now you have to worry about dang i can't even express how i'm feeling because if i try to express how i'm feeling it's gonna be another black person sitting here telling me that I shouldn't. And that's an issue. Why is it that black boys can't just be regular black boys and have regular black boy feelings? Like, it makes me so mad because I've run into so many men, so many boys in my lifetime that will just never talk about anything, anything like. And I understand some people are more closed off. Some people don't like talking about their emotions, blah, blah, blah. That's understandable. However, when it gets to like a really bad point or it gets to the point where you can tell that it's messing with their day to day, they don't even say a word about it and they just suffer in silence, which is why these suicide rates go up. And it's it's terrible because the reason why all this is happening is because of the community. At the end of the day, everything else that contributes to it has nothing to do with it. If your own community is not going to be behind you, supporting you and helping you if you're going through something. Simple, period. That end of the day that's what it is and I feel like as a community since I am talking about this as a community we need to stop doing that as a community we need to stop acting like black boys can't have emotions not even just black boys or black people in general but obviously specifically black boys we they have emotions and they are valid emotions boys cry too literally literally boys cry too and there's no reason to try to act like it's something feminine. I feel like we're past that. It's 2021. If you still sit in here calling somebody feminine, calling somebody weak for crying, you weak. Maybe you need to cry because, like, what's the issue? Before I end this off, because this is, like, the near end of the episode, I do want to say that you are not alone. Anyone who's struggling with anything mentally, just having bad days, not really feeling it, just know that you are not alone. Whenever you feel like you're in that isolated bubble where no one cares or no one is going to worry about you or blah, 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 or you will be better off if you just weren't here. <laughs> That's not the case at all. You are loved. You are appreciated by me. If not anyone else, by me. That's what the Vibe Hive is for. I wanted the Vibe Hive to be a safe space for you all to express your emotions, whether that be with fashion, art, topic submissions, or just talking to me in general. You can talk to me. Because I will be here for you because I understand how it feels to have those days and to not have anyone to talk to and to just feel so alone. So just know that you are not alone. And now we're going to get into the outro and I'm going to close this all off and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I needed to say that in this episode. So, yeah. Okay, I promise y'all I'm not trying to be annoying, but this is one more thing that I want to say. <laughs> uh, this is one more thing I want to say before we end it off for real. It's the, I'm going to just be transparent with y'all. It's the day of the drop. Like, it's nine o'clock on September 4th and I'm recording this I just woke up and I'm recording all this because life's that busy but I had to get out to y'all but um anyway I wanted to shout out Enchanted Layer Jewelry if you all don't know oh my goodness if you all don't know Linaya makes wonderful jewelry her at is Lili Naya L-E-L-E Naya N-A-I-Y-A and she makes wonderful jewelry she gave me some jewelry some two bracelets she gave me a necklace she gave me a nice little card and she gave me a um pin it was so wonderful it was so wonderful and i highly suggest you all go shop with her if you want like 
if you know that dainty little jewelry, that nice little Pinterest jewelry, that's what I call it. If you're looking for some nice Pinterest jewelry, make sure you go check her out, definitely, because she gave it to me just because she supported the podcast. I was going to pay in full. I was even going to give her five more dollars if we being serious, but she wanted to show her appreciation. So now I got to show mine. If you all are interested in that, make sure you go check it out. Um, her business handle is at Enchanted Layer on Instagram, E-N-C-H-A-N-T-E-D-L-A-I-R-R. Make sure you tune in with her. And men, you too, go tune in with her because she's going to start coming out with men's jewelry and I don't think y'all want to miss it. But yeah, I just have to show that love because she gave me jewelry and I feel like I had to. I was going to in it, but I definitely had to. But go check her out. You won't be disappointed. And yeah, go ahead. Just go support a black business. If y'all made it to the end of the episode, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I know that this was a little bit longer than previous episodes, but I mean, it was a lot more to talk about than just high school. Like, this was a little deeper than that. But like I said, I love you all and I appreciate anyone who listened, anyone who reposted, anyone who liked, anyone who's shown any support. I appreciate you so much. The Vibe Hive is only up from here. I have so much more that I want to do with this as a community, just as a brand. I don't know if this is a brand or not, but I just want to do a lot more with this than I'm doing right now. But trust me, it's all in the works. It's all in the works. Um. Oh, yeah. Before I end this all off as well, um, go check out my Instagram at the Vibe Hive, T-H-E-E-V-I-B-E-H-I-V-E, because I put a lot of resources for mental health there, such as um, the National Suicide Hotline, online resources for counseling, um, other Instagram pages that can help you out when you're feeling some type of way. I'm doing the best I can to try to, you know, get these resources out and try to help out as much as possible, because I understand that, especially with the black community, it's hard to get resources for mental health, so... I'm trying to get this all get this all set up and get this out to you all. So if you go check that out over there, you'll see on my um, most recent post that I got some resources and stuff like in the um, caption and stuff. If you want to go follow my main, it's at Vibe Shy with two S's and two Y's with a period in the middle. And then my Twitter is the same exact thing, Vibe Shy, just without the period. Um, And that's basically it for all my socials. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode, Mental Health in the Black Community. And episode three is currently underway. And I don't think y'all, I know I said this the last time, but I really don't think y'all ready for this episode. I hinted it on my Instagram, but I don't know if nobody caught it or not. But y'all not ready for, y'all really not ready for this episode. But um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And then I'll see you at the Vibe Hive really soon, really soon. Love all of y'all. Thank you so much.